Hi, everybody. Welcome to TalesFromTheRoadPodcast.com, a place where bad decisions always lead to wonderful stories. I'm Sparky, here along with fellow cheap seats, Scotty. Hello, my good friend. Hello, my good friend. And Joe. And Scotty, we have been spending a ton of time collecting some of the most epic stories. And some of the funniest ones we could find and put them all in one podcast. All of our stories come from the world of sports and the athletes who live them. And this particular one is an ex-coach of yours, Scotty. Clint Malarchuk. I remember him very well. Tell me something about him, Scotty. I had the honor and time of my life playing underneath Clint Malarchuk. He also, when he finished his NHL career, came around and had a little two-year stint as a head coach with the Idaho Steelheads. And he is a well-known comedic talent and wanted to be just one of the boys off the ice. Great coach, but... Certainly liked the off-ice shenanigans just as much as we did along the way, and it's nice that he was able to share a few of them with us. But for terms of his history, Clint, if you're not familiar with him, is a long-time NHL goalie, an all-star goalie, as a matter of fact. He had stints with Quebec, Washington, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yep, yep. Of course, had the infamous incident with the neck injury, which you can look up yourself on YouTube. But right now, as a matter of fact, what I'm most intrigued with him is this book he's got going on called A Matter of Inches, Surviving in the Crease and Beyond. And he is very forthcoming on his issues with mental health and how he's overcome them. And he's been quite an inspiration to many people around the globe right now. So that book's out there. If you want to check it out, click on our Amazon link, which you would find on talesfromtheroadpodcast.com and you'll be able to get a link right to his book and purchase it. It's a great read. You've pointed out several times during the course of our communiques together, Scotty, you've used the word debauchery and you let off saying, yes, I've had the pleasure of working with Clint Malarchuk and under him. And that led me to a different interpretation. Let's clarify very much for our listeners. You uh, went on with the coach, so now I get it. That's how I got extra power play time. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Sorry, Clint. (laughs) Okay. So what you're about to hear is an uncut interview that we did with Clint. Lots of good stories from his early days. So take a listen. Hope you enjoy Clint as much as we did. So Clint, real quick, your NHL teams you played for, you had obviously Sabres. Were you Nordiques for a while too? Holy fuck. You're quite the host. You got (laughs) to... No, I, I... yeah. And by the way, that was Scotty. Not like I said, this is not our, your typical interview show. We just want your dirty shit. I mean, we could care less about the, 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 the Wikipedia. And, and not surprisingly, if you need a boost, Eddie's been fucking, uh, he's, he's in tears, and it's been ever since you picked up the phone. <laughs> hey, well, Clint, maybe, well, maybe can you walk, like, just a little bit of your journey, and then maybe we'll jump into a few stories. But we're, uh, uh, like you, where did you start playing your junior hockey, and kind of what was your route? And then maybe we can dive into some, some stories as we kind of go along. So are we are we starting the interview now or what? Yeah, well, yeah we're officially we're just kind of rolling. Like I said, this, this is not live uh, radio. We can edit right. anything out, Clint. So you can let her rip. You know what I mean? And, and we'll get your approval later. But uh, we're literally no, sit, I... we're literally sitting down having a beer and uh, sitting across from Sparky here, and and we just knew you'd be a beauty to bring on and and. Uh, give us opportunity to visit with you so but uh yeah literally if, if you can you know i know you got your book out and everything else but we've talked to a few other uh the hockey guys out there and we've kind of started off like just their journey there and then we've kind of slipped into a few stories so i i don't know if you can backtrack a little bit and kind of your journey to the nhl and then uh we can slip a few stories in there that'd be great okay um yeah pretty much uh you know as a typical uh 
Canadian kid growing up, uh, played junior hockey in Portland, in Oregon, and uh, first year didn't get drafted. I was pretty devastated. Uh, second year, I, I, I did get drafted as a 19-year-old and uh, went into pro uh, by the Quebec Nordiques, drafted, and uh, you know was with them for six years in that organization. Played in the American League, and you know eventually made it to the Nordiques, and then uh, was traded to. Um, Washington for Joe Sackick. <laughs> really? Wow. Well, no, no. <laughs> They're not regretting that trade. I don't they? see that on the internet anywhere. <laughs> Dale Hunter and and I were traded. Uh, there, and it was for a first round draft pick, and which ended up being Joe Sackick. So I just tell everybody, which is <laughs> me for Joe, but uh, and. And there was a handful of other players and draft picks involved in that trade, some but uh, that's hockey, hockey sticks, some pucks, too. Yeah, it's a bus, uh, you know. <laughs> hey, Clint, just just quickly, not to get derail this thing, but w- were you with the Nordique in the era of Robbie Fatorik and the Stastny's? Yes. Okay, yeah. then I uh, I was uh, uh, I'm a uh, amongst other things I I grew up playing with Robbie and uh dated stastny and 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 i dated the stastny brother no i think i think i think i remember i I was up in um i was doing a television show uh a hundred years ago and i was in quebec city doing a story on the stastny's you know the journey from czechoslovakia wherever the hell it came from is this about clint or about you no and uh i'm saying i'm saying what I, i i think i remember seeing you play with the with the nordique Wow, is that ever fucking flattering? <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> I think you got a shutout. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. No, he knows you never saw him play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrong guy. Wrong guy. <laughs> no, someone else. Very similar. So you and Hunter kind of had a number of years together. Do you got any uh, good stories with him? Well, I think the one when we we were we started we were roommates on the road uh, in in Quebec, and then in in Washington we got traded together there, and we were yeah we were pretty tight. And I remember one year in Washington, uh, back then when you flew out west, you flew commercial. And um, so we're on the flight, and we're we're trying to get guys organized. We were going to go to Palm Springs for a couple of days. We're we're going to Minnesota, uh, then to L.A. But we had five days in L.A., so we the team was going to do a team bonding in Palm Springs. And uh, so we t- from L.A. We took this little puddle jumper over, and and Dale and I on the flight were trying to get a bunch of guys to see if they wanted to go horseback riding because uh, a lot of guys had never been on horses and you know we had like guys you know from Europe and that so they they were all pumped and everybody was really excited about it so uh, they unfortunately lost our luggage or it was it couldn't get on that pedal jumper flight so no one wanted to go horse uh, horseback riding in a suit and tie so Everybody said, well, we'll just hang out by the resort here and wait for our clothes to be delivered, so then we'll go golf. Well, Hunter and I didn't, didn't care, so we just went and uh, rented a couple horses and uh, what, took off. Like right around the golf course, just found a horse rental place? I mean, 
Oh yeah, yeah. The resort. It was a resort, and and uh, you know the resort was right on the golf course, and just down the road they had a, a stable. Mm-hmm. So that's wow. where we went, and we we got these horses, and we just kind of took off, and we went up in the in the hills, and uh, we we took a bunch of beer with us, uh, of course, and um, you know it was about I don't know in the hundreds. It was so hot down there, but we had to have a campfire because it was just hey, we're cowboys today. <laughs> and, it's so hot. We're sweating, and we got our suits rolled up behind the behind the saddle, and we're tight now. Head wearing his headbands because we're sweating so bad. We're along this ridge, and we look down, and obviously the guys are out there golfing. They got their their bags delivered. So here we go. Uh, hey, let's go see the guys. So we ride down to the golf course, and we started pulling the pins out of the uh, out of the greens out of the. And, and started jousting with these. Uh, <laughs> oh, and uh, you were there was people playing through this too. I mean, you guys did not have sole ownership of the golf course. I take it you you were you were disrupt, disrupting people's game, correct? It seemed it seemed that people were fascinated that we were right. <laughs> of course honest, they are. We didn't really think it was that big a deal. <laughs> how are you? This, as a, how are you as a jouster, by the way? <laughs> This guy's not very good, but we, we, we ended up with 18 flags because we went. I guess we found out late, not real pleased when a horse goes on those greens. No, I, and, and, but we, we're running along, and this guy's chasing us. He's got written on his golf cart, Garf, Golf Marshal. So, yeah, where are the marshals after us? So. You, you guys are playing out a whole cowboy western here in a little bit of a way. So we're throwing our spears at him now. And, <laughs> and he's, chasing us. he's chasing us. We're in a full gallop. We're pointing back with our shooting at him. And yelling, the Marshall Dillon's after us. Oh, my God. So we end up getting back to the the uh where we had to return the horses and the cops are waiting for us oh yeah shocking <laughs> and they, of course they're asking so you guys uh, we had you know you on the golf course blah 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 you say yeah well that's it's nice it's green it's flat you can you can really full out run on those <laughs> those par fives are awesome for a full sprint <laughs> and there's water and you know so they didn't think yeah we had any right to do that. We had to pay a huge amount of money and, and to, to, to not go to jail. So the, the, <laughs> that story is priceless. Just, just no sense it. of humor, right, eh, Clint? They had no sense of humor at all. Well, we didn't think it was that big a deal, to tell you the truth. But our, our, our general manager, uh, we would have gone to jail had it not been for him uh, uh, bringing out the checkbook, I think, and, and uh, making things right with the golf course and the police department. Um, and I'm sure this endeared you more and more to the, the rest of the team. They must have been howling. Oh, they thought it was wonderful. I mean, they they, they couldn't believe we were actually doing it. And, and, and I'm being truthful. We didn't really think it was that big a deal because neither of us are golfers. And, uh, you know, we're in our 20s. And I'd maybe been on a golf course, I don't know, just in training camp for those charity things. I really didn't know that they really care about that green stuff. <laughs> Is, is, it, is it coincidence that you and Hunter got traded soon after this? I mean, sounds a little more. Wait a second. 
we we would we had just been there, traded there, so it wasn't uh, uh, it, it wasn't that big a deal to I, I us. Think a good first impression, eh, Clint? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not bad. I mean, you want to bond with a team. That's obviously the way to do it. That's, that's team bonding, right there. Yeah. Speaking of uh, first impressions, I I don't know if you'll. Well, I'm sure you remember this. Darcy Lowen shared a story about a little uh, almost Chuck Norris incident with the Buffalo Sabre mascot. You mind sharing that one? Well, yeah, in Buffalo they had this, uh, you know, those mascots with the big heads and everything. And this guy was Sabretooth. Um, and uh, we, we had to go to a big luncheon deal and they're introducing us one at a time. And we're in the back, the back room waiting for our name to go up there. And, of course, Sabretooth is is there and and I was really I, I did a lot of uh, kickboxing and things like that so I was pretty flexible and Sabretooth's head looked like a good target so I gave <laughs> one of them roundhouse kicks and it twisted his head so far we couldn't get it off uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> there's some there, there's some uh, you know always when you're in a group atmosphere and you got a bunch of you know Hockey players, especially, I think, are are pretty good pranksters. That uh, you know, one of my coaching experiences, the funny thing, a real character, uh, and you guys can look him up. He played a lot in Chicago. Steve Ludzik, and oh, yeah. he recently he recently did a he does it every year. He has a big roast for a for a player and and this, or for a former player or coach. And this year we did Daryl Sutter. And it was, it was fun because Daryl is not a real jovial guy, and we got to uh, pick on him pretty good. But a story about Steve Ludzik, he's kind of a different bird. He, he was like a phantom. You could be talking to him, and then he'd disappear. Uh, I was, he was the head coach in San Antonio. I was the uh, assistant coach. And, and Ludzik's kind of just an offbeat character. And So we had some guys that got in trouble uh, with curfew, and and it was pretty bad. They got in a little bit of trouble. So anyways, Ludzi wants me to bag skate him after practice. And uh, I said, Ludzi, how long do you want me to bag skate these guys? He goes, ah, whatever, I'll come out and tell you. The team was all off the ice except for these guys, and Steve was going into his office. So he says, I'll come out and tell you. Well, he ended up going and getting a haircut and to the dentist. (laughs) The dentist. Guys, and that, about about two hours later, the trainer comes out, and I said, "Hey, where's Leslie?" He goes, "Oh, he left about an hour and a half ago." <laughs> Go ahead. No, what shape were the boys in there with that bag skate? They were they were puking pretty bad. <laughs> and I was trying to be nice guy about it, even. And oh my god, it was a long bag skate. <laughs> oh god. Well, um, some people may or not know that uh, we. Troy and I at least had the pleasure of you being our coach over in uh, Idaho Steelheads for a couple of fun years. Those were actually pretty good years, uh, still in the infancy of the organization. Uh, and certainly uh, there was a few, <laughs> if I may, uh, can I throw in a Clint Malarchuk story here, here I remember a little bit? Um, Clint, I don't know if you recall this, but it, we weren't having a s- too successful a season, if you will. And... Uh, you know, we, we shit the bed against someone at home after the first period, I believe, and and we deserve to have our asses run for sure. I don't know, maybe I think Troy was a little hungover at the time, and he was kind of the weak link on the team, but uh, he's not, <laughs> he's not happy about. It. But anyway, so uh, you know, of course the period comes in, and we're sitting around, you know, just waiting for a Clint Malarchuk maybe a speech or a, you know motivational speech, and you come walking around the corner, and you got a three-quarters of a hot dog in your right hand. 
and the other quarter of it was streaming out of your mouth as you're yelling. And uh, <laughs> is this is there any flashback to this at all, Clint? No, no, <laughs> no. So so here you are. You are making this quite a speech. You ring out a few guys, and then you have a bite of the hot dog, <laughs> and fuck, there's fucking bun and wiener shrapnel flying out of your mouth. Like no one was catching a word you're saying, but that I don't know why you. I don't know if you forgot you had in your mouth. It was just something, but that, I, I mean, all, everybody was just ducking, ju- jiving, trying to get away from the ketchup and hot dog shrapnel that was flying out. Like, so well, I, I do know that I was a pretty, I was mostly a player's coach. I think you'd agree. But when I did snap, um, they were, they were pretty good uh, snappages. <laughs> and I do remember one time I, I came in and I, I was firing things around the room and I think a light got broke and uh, there, there, was, there was tape flat flying around. I was throwing things and I didn't realize it, but I, I would come in after that legendary uh, outburst and I noticed like Troy especially and that would always have their helmet and visor eldest. They'd be like waiting and I'm like, hey, we're not going out in the ice for another 10 minutes. Right? And <laughs> I was told later they were, they were just gearing up for the shrapnel flying. <laughs> that was it. It's all coming together now. You finally solved the, the mystery. Yeah. <laughs> we're waiting yeah. for hot dog, man. No, no, I, I don't want to paint a picture. You were actually, I'll speak for myself. It was, and uh, it was certainly with you around, it was the most fun two years and uh, certainly enjoyable. You were definitely a, a good guy to have on the ice. And I mean, well, we tried to have fun. I mean, we didn't have the greatest team, but we did. Uh, we were competitive. We worked hard, and and we did try to. I, you know, I think I think the game has to be fun. If you work hard, you know, that's the biggest thing. And we, but we did have a lot of fun. I think I think uh, one time I, as well. I think I grabbed uh, Bart Hall by the throat in Anchorage Airport or something. Uh, do you remember that at all? I don't. Maybe that's about. Do you know that one, Troy? I don't know that one. Please, but... yeah, whatever you remember, please tell us. Well, he had. He had. Uh, we were up there playing on the series, and I, I had found. I can't remember how I found out, but he was really carving us bad, and I took it. Uh, I took it, you know, personal to the to the team. You know, I I loved you guys, man, and and uh, I got pretty worked up. And I remember GM Matt Lock- Lockren telling me I can't do that to players. <laughs> Speaking I, of that, there, Clint, uh, I was uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but uh, I was watching. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but just no, just but let me cut you off. But I was watching uh, <laughs> NHL uh, highlights there, and it looked like. Uh, was it John Tortorello that uh, went in, yeah. like, uh, kind of, uh, you guys had a little brawl there when you were with Calgary, and he comes over the benches or underneath the stands and was trying to get to the locker room, and you could tell there was people between him. He was playing the playing the role a little bit, and I literally said to one of my friends, I said, you better hope Clint isn't there, and all of a sudden Clint came through, and all of a sudden you see his demeanor totally change like John turned around <laughs> and headed it the other way because he knew this wasn't going to be one of those fake things you know <laughs> I push you push guys are in between us all of a sudden I saw you showed up I was like he, he, he took he took off right in the other direction but what well, what, what I, happened there well yeah there you know it was the first face off of the game uh, Bob Hartley Calgary head coach at the time and pretty much put a goon lineup out there to start it ended up being a, a really chippy first period Tortorella was chirping at uh, Hartley the whole period he and I know I, I I know John I mean I he was assistant coach when I played in Buffalo and he's a good guy and uh he uh at, after the first period was over he 
got to our locker room and was challenging our coaching staff, I had to come down from the press box and and our guys weren't doing anything. And I thought, he's on our, our turf here. you got to, you know, drill him or something. Nice. And, uh, you know, I got, I could, Brian McGrath and big Brian grabbed me. And, and of course, but you, you know, the, the funny thing about that is, uh, you know, rough and tumble, Brian Burke, our, our president, um, gave me shit for that. Um, because he thought if I hit him, it'd be a big problem. But the next day he kind of reevaluated and gave the rest of the coaching staff hell and said, <laughs> I, I, I should, I did the right thing. So, you know, for a while there, I thought, well, wait, wait a minute. This is, you know, you, you guys know you protect your own area. So, oh, yeah. yeah, but oh, that's yeah. The, from us viewers, you gained, well, we knew you, but you gained a lot of respect from people who said, fucking right. So you don't, you don't do that. So, <laughs> but you could tell that John knew, like he knew he could play the role with that whole other crew, you know, and when you stepped in there, all of a sudden, like he said, his whole demeanor just changed. It, it was, it was pretty humorous. But. One of the guys that, uh, legendary snappages as a coach i actually seen him uh, after a game just he, he's superhuman strength he gets that adrenaline going and i actually seen him pull a fountain out of a wall you know <laughs> that's and, a lot. That's oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, he's amazingly strong and it was so funny because the water's flying everywhere we got major <laughs> And he's telling the team, all right, get on the bus before we get soaked here, you know. Uh, that time I seen him just casually push over one of those big uh, soda pop machines and, you know, pop flying, spurting everywhere. Uh, it, it, his, uh, his, his strength was incredible. He could rip a room apart, let me tell you. Jesus. So, hey, in all your career, Clint, I mean – there's a, I mean, I can think of a guy, but probably no one knows, but maybe it's not even an NHL guy, but is there one guy that you played with that he was probably the craziest son of a bitch, like one of the ones that everybody said, you don't mess with him or he's bound to do something tonight. It's, you know, the cops are going to get called. Do you, anybody like that? Other than yourself, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, you, you think you'd be hard pressed to find one, but I got a list. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, it, Seriously, I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of guys. There, uh, Sasha Lakovic was definitely, uh, uh, you know, could tilt. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I coached him in Vegas. Uh, you know, there there's so many guys like that. One of the toughest guys was Kerry Toporowski, who would absolutely uh, you could look at his eyes when he's in his in that place, and he's not home. He's on another planet. Yeah, I, I've had the pleasure of playing when I was in Seattle and he was with Spokane Jr. I've, uh, yes. I've, I've taken, I was eating his double wide fist in my the right of my head. Uh, yeah, I, I can relate yeah. to that. Yeah, very. He 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 may be one of the toughest guys that I that I've ever um, been associated with, uh, coached for, coached, played with him, and uh, coached against him um, to come out of the Western Hockey League. He would be on. On definitely the top uh, tough guys, and, and you know his name isn't really all that well known, but uh, yeah, he he's a tough guy. There's a, there's a lot of guys, and I think you know those tough guys definitely. You know, I think Darcy Lowen told the story about um, playing in Spokane. I think it was I think it was Link Gates. Mm -hmm. That's one guy we got to get on the podcast. He's he's we can have eight hours of stories with Link. I don't know if they could, uh, do, how many phone calls they get out of jail, but uh, <laughs> California penal calling. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, 
that that he kicked out the window on the bus in the back seat or something and they were driving somewhere on a road trip for like six hours and it's freezing out and there's no window percy uh, <laughs> told that story yeah he i'm pretty sure that was him uh, another crazy guy i coached in in florida with the panthers was uh uh Dar- darcy hordachuk he was a funny guy and you know he he one time him and his neighbor, they were they were kind of the he was his neighbor was kind of a redneck wildlife hunter fisher guy and and uh, they had actually captured a, li- uh, a live alligator in Florida and they they threw they duct taped its mouth and then threw it in the trunk of their car. Go <laughs> back up a sec. How how do you catch a live alligator? Is it just simple as crawling in the water? How, how does a Canadian them? hockey player catch a live alligator? The, the... I don't. I really don't know how they caught it. I but. But they did have video of the other part. But they said it was got a little scary because you know the alligators' tails they swing, and they're extremely strong. And I guess the back seat was starting to pop loose. <laughs> <laughs> so unlike a dog, I, alligators wave tails when unhappy. Okay, got it. Yeah, but they took it to different players' houses and they videotaped. They they put it on the sto- on the front step ring, <laughs> and then they'd hide they'd hide in the bushes. <laughs> and he'd open the door. And they had the videotape of the reaction of when they opened the door and the alligators on their front. <laughs> I mean, it, they, so he brings it to practice and starts showing this videotape. And I mean, we were in tears watching the expressions, but we're in tears. We're in tears, anyways, thinking this guy went out and caught an alligator. <laughs> that's, that's ballsy. Don't mess with the guy. Oh, like that's that. beautiful though. Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's definitely some beauties out there uh, that I could think you know I could go on and on you know they sure. keep talking about Steve Ludzik you know he just disappeared he's like a phantom and uh, and the guy like Darcy uh, you know uh, Hordachuk and one one of the, I I I have a story about when I was with the Nordiques where. Um, I was my rookie year and everything's, you know, brand new. And I remember playing in Chicago Stadium and it, it was a very, very bad area. It was ghetto. Uh, you know, you'd drive in uh, on the bus and people would be, you know, the big garbage cans are on fire and they're drinking out of the paper bag. And it was a very, very rough area. And we were warned about the neighborhood. I mean, don't try and phone for a cab to come get because the cabs wouldn't even go to the area. But but uh, we were we were told how tough these black guys were, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's just like something out of the movies that growing up in Canada you'd only see on TV. So this is my first experience, and how tough these black guys were. And so we're in Vancouver later on that road trip, and and we're getting thumped seven to two, and there's about a minute left in the game, and I'm on the bench, of course, where I played most of my career, and the. <laughs> Public address announcer goes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for attending tonight's hockey game. Uh, attendance, 17,742. But be careful going out to your cars. There's been some freezing rain and there's a lot of black ice, so be careful. And Pierre Overy in dead serious goes, hey, the black ice are tough here too, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Literally thought they announced it over the intercom. <laughs> Literally, literally thought, okay, be careful, you might get mugged. No, black ice, Pierre. Yeah. Well, you know what? The uh, uh, 
players, I mean, hockey is such a global sport, uh, or even with country, different languages. There's always, and you coaching a lot, you probably had a lot of language barriers to get over. And uh, if I may, another one, I remember with you, there was a, a French guy on our Steel team. I don't even remember his name. He was only there. Oh, for I know what you mean, Bob. Is it Bob? <laughs> well, that sounds like a French guy for sure. That sounds well, very French. But that's what we called him. I remember. <laughs> so and he, we're having, I, we're having, I know you know the story. I'm going. You go ahead. Yeah. Well, he was. I I, I was. We had a team meeting. We were in Fresno, uh-huh. and I was pretty upset. And I went. I, I Oh man, I was going through each player. I wanted to know what players thought. <laughs> and and I I can't quite remember something about defy me defy me are you defiant or something and Bob was like yes yes <laughs> well I'll, it start out with you were you were you were talking to him eye to eye like he did to all of us and he was near the end and he was you know he was eye to eye with you listening and you asked him a question and then it was complete silence and you're you're sitting there waiting and wait you're gonna yeah. answer the question and he goes. What do I say? <laughs> you know, like he wasn't understanding. He, the French was barrier, yeah. and you thought he was being a dick, right? Right. And then you being defiant, and the, yeah, it just went from there. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we had to translate defiant to him. It, it, it lost your, your speech, lost all its momentum right there. <laughs> it was came over. The guys were howling. You know. Yeah. yeah. It actually ended up a, a very intense meeting with a lot of laughter, which was probably a good thing. But, right. you know, uh, the language barrier of my first year in the American League, I had uh, Jacques Demers for a coach. And uh, we had a, just a terrible team. And we got thumped. We had a home and home with Halifax. And uh, the, f- the first game, we got beat 10 to 2. So the, the speech before the second game, Jacques is telling us, you know, last night we get our butt kicked. And uh, tonight, uh, you know, they beat us 10 to 2. But tonight, the joke on us. The joke on us. And we're going, oh, we're going, oh yeah. We probably Ooh, feel good. Pumped up now. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. doubt. No doubt. That's, that's a fun. Lots of fun. I, you know, the the where you know in the airports when you fly commercial as a team as well, that's where you do a lot of stuff because you're killing time. I remember one time going into the men's restroom and and we're in Philadelphia and I come out. I left about an eight foot trail of t- toilet paper hanging out of my my belt up up in my pants. Quite so now, quite intentionally, right for effect. Yeah. Yes. So people are trying to come up to me and tell me, you know, because they're embarrassed for me, and I'm. <laughs> I'm looking at them, and I turn around real quick where they pointed at the toilet paper, and of course it would whip around, and I'd see nothing. And the, the boys, the, of course, the boys are all howling. And, oh, that's awesome! The old dollar dollar bill uh, on a piece of thread, you know. You, you actually out. taught us that one. I mean, yeah, all these guys with downtime. You taught us that one of the steelers. We we did that one every. Every time we got into it, we couldn't wait to get to an well, airport to do the dollar bill. Can you tell people yeah, about that? Somebody bends over to pick up the dollar bill, and you start pulling it, and it moves. Of course, it's on this invisible thread, you know, string, uh, and it it gets a lot of laughs. Some people take it real good, and other people. But I remember this one. Oh, she looked like a great big Samoyan lady with about nine kids trailing after her. Well, <laughs> she saw that dollar bill, and her eyes almost bugged out of her head. <laughs> Randy, Randy Moeller's pulling the dollar bill, and she kept going after it and chasing it. And he pulled, he pulled it right up to where he was sitting, right into his lap, and she started hitting him for it, fighting. <laughs> My bill. He was all scratched up. <laughs> he got beat up by someone over a dollar bill. 
Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, when you taught us that one, uh, the, the, the what became the most funny thing is someone would get, some innocent bystander would get had, and we'd all laugh, just the team guys, like intentionally loud, like, bah! And then, you know, that person would be sometimes, like you said, pissed off, sometimes actually laughing too. But we do it about 30 times, and the crowd around that terminal would all get Wait. into it. They, they, all right, don't make eye contact. Like, people that were nothing to do with the team. In fact, like, yep. picture a whole terminal of people being very quiet, watching, watching. And then when people hit the bait, you'd have 50, 60 people. Bah! <laughs> it was, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Pure entertainment. When you're in an airport, you'll do anything. Oh, uh, these this guys, with, all, us with idle minds is a dangerous thing. This is all pre-computer and iPhones and everything else. So we, we had to be make entertainment. <laughs> Technology's ruining everything here. It is. <laughs> it is. So tell about a little bit after hockey, Clint. I mean, coaching and, uh, you know, obviously you continued your love affair with horses on or not on golf courses. But what? Uh, <laughs> tell me a little bit after the hockey scene, uh, what's going on with your life. And, of course, we'd uh, well, love you to know, hear about the book, too, and how that's going. I, you know what's a funny thing is, is when I was my last year with the Steelheads, they brought in a new GM, and that's where – they told me, we don't know if we're going to bring you back as a coach or not. And I was like, hmm, okay. Well, I, I got in, I went to school uh, and became a horse dentist and chiropractor. And um, it, it's ironic, the Idaho Steelheads wouldn't, didn't want me back finally, they said. And that next year, I ended up in the NHL coaching. So <laughs> it's funny how things go. But I did build up a practice with uh, – my, my horse business and the dentistry and chiropractic. And I continued to coach in the NHL for probably another, I don't know, 10 years. I went from uh, Florida to Columbus to Atlanta to Calgary. And last year was my first season out of the NHL and out of coaching and uh, um, because I wrote a book. And the book has kept me busy with public speaking, which, you know, I, it's no secret. I've, I, I've struggled uh, with some issues. Uh, Mental health, depression, OCD, things like that. But uh, now that I'm on the on the circuit, speaking and, and helping people, it's really gratifying. And obviously, you guys know me and my sense of humor, so I'm able to make a a real serious topic. Uh, you know, uh, have a lot of fun and be laughable. You know, and and lighten the mood. And and you know that it's very gratifying now because I feel like I am helping people, and the feedback I'm getting is great. Uh, the book has helped people, I know, because I get a lot of emails still. And uh, so the life has been really, really good. I, I'm now coaching, uh, helping coach a, a junior tier two team. I think they play the Idaho Junior Steelheads this year. Yep, up at uh, Lake Tahoe. So that's uh, that. That's good. I The one year out of hockey, I, I didn't really miss it because I was so busy. And, and this year I'm going to be involved with that. So that that's all good. And uh those kids have seen me snap, so not so good. Uh, no hot dogs? Hey, hey Clint, you, you might uh, call me a fool, but as a marketing guy, you might want to mention the title of the book. Yeah. Uh, in Canada, it's called The Crazy Game. In the U.S., it's called A Matter of Inches. Really? And um, it, it, I know it's a confusing having two different titles, but... Uh, you know, really, it, it, it's, it all comes down to two different publishers, and that's how that worked. But, um, yeah, the book's a bestseller, national bestseller in Canada, and it's doing fairly well in the U.S. So, um, I'm, you know, 
it, 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 I had no idea that it would impact people. I knew it would impact people or help some people. I had no idea it would be as, as impactful that it has been and that uh, it would be a national bestseller and, and things like that. And, and just falling into this public speaking, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's no, very gratifying. Not, to be honest with you, the, uh, on the social media, I mean, of course, we knew we were friends. And the, uh, the amount of people that the comments of, you know, this book changed my life. And, you know, thank you. Glenn, uh, thank you. Glenn. I mean, it. Yeah, I'm sure you must be over. You saw hopefully make a touch a few lives, but I mean, it's been yeah. exponential. That's what I mean. It's just been uh, just just off the charts, and um, you know, it's it's. I, I almost came to Idaho this winter to do a promotion with the Steelheads, but it just didn't work out with scheduling. So maybe next uh, next uh, winter I'll be up there, or this winter rather, I'll be up there. Be and uh, yeah, it, it it it's just been magnificent. I you know I I. I am a people person, and I care about people, and and I like to laugh. But I have conquered a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that uh, you know wasn't easy. So you know, life today is is really good for me. Your uh, your U.S. title, a matter of inches. I've read it four times uh, because I've been divorced seven times, and your title applies. <laughs> <laughs> you got a three more, Sparky. Three more. <laughs> That's funny. Well. The the uh, it, it, it's been a it's been a real ride for me. I you know I do a lot of work with uh, military now too and PTSD because I have PTSD. I have STD, OCD. Uh, <laughs> I, I've got a lot. I'm, I'm surprised on the STD. Just singular STD is not STDs, right? <laughs> STD. Okay, you know. just one. Good. I, uh, they they told me the more initials you can have after the game. Or after your name, the, the the more intelligent you are. So I'm throwing. <laughs> You're throwing out everything that's been there, right? Yeah. yeah. No holds barred. No, it's it's a good ride. I, I've been having fun. Yeah, we can't wait to bring it. I mean, uh, if you do make it back to the Boise, we, that's the whole point of this podcast, to be honest, is because all we do when we go out as friends here, as we do often, is sit around as we are right now with a beer and rehash the same stories and yeah and every time you know we tell them maybe one or two percent better and you know so by the end of 10 years they're loosely based on a true story but right uh, don't never let the facts get in the way of a good story exactly exactly <laughs> so that's what spurned i mean those stories that you're telling man those are the that's that's our podcast that's the heart of it just that well, you, you know what's funny is that a lot of people, and I found this, that, um, you know, my friends, when I played in the NHL, and especially when I'm young, 20s, and, you know, I'd come back, and, and yeah, they thought it was cool I played in the NHL, but what my buddies really enjoyed was the stories, and some of our stories aren't, they're like almost everyday happenings in our life, but the people that listen to this podcast, or people that are fans, or, you know, acquaintances of ours and that, they really, really enjoy these stories because it's like living vicariously through through us because it, it's hard to believe some of the stuff we pull off, you know, and and, yeah. and, and some of the things we've seen and that. And uh, you know what I'm, I, I, I'll do is, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back in my memory bank here and hopefully we can do this again and I can come up with some even better ones that uh, because we, we tend to forget uh, – we tend to forget some of them. Without question, I mean that's you're right. I mean Troy says it all the time that when you go home and you talk to like they blend it into you can't even picture what year or city that in and if any of those stories 
happened once to a lot of folks. I mean, that would be the highlight of their life, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's a slam dunk guarantee that you'll be on again. Yeah, please. Yeah. Well, and we also I've, talked about it, Clint, where uh, you get one of your uh, colleagues on there and, and you start feeding off each other when you get a little bit of a group like that where you forgot that story and he jumps in and says something and, and uh, uh, it just kind of continues from there. Uh, you know? can, can we get you and uh, Dale Hunter on together? Yeah. Hey, you got Dale Hunter's number? Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good one. <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, just, just uh, you know, as we end, kind of go towards the close, did, did you play in the Sanderson era? Derek Sanderson? Yeah. No, I was just after him. Just after him. Okay. okay. Because he's got, we had uh, we had a guy by the name of Rick Bourbonnet on who played for St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he – and Sanderson has also come out with a book. I don't know if you yes, know that. Yeah. 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 I don't think nope. that one's intended to help people as much as Clint's. No, though. no, no, no. It's all about me with Sanderson. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I, 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 I've already got my brain going on a couple stories. I got one uh, about another L.A. trip I'll share with you next time. Well, we just, yeah, Clint, any chance you get. We, I mean, that's, that's what we found, too, is you get the – memory bank kind of starts the motor starts turning and all of a sudden they just start popping out of the air and i how and part of this is these good stories i mean they need to be kind of we joke around immortalized i mean we need to record this shit because otherwise i mean these are two good stories two good of stories to just let go and people forget so that's kind of the intent of this whole podcast too is if, if, you, if you know and, and we'd love for you to almost challenge some of your uh, old hockey buddies or everybody you know just, hey, if you want to put these down in recorded history where we can go back to the Tales from the Road podcast website sometime and just play them back again, and it's amazing how the shit just starts flowing. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Well, hey. when you hear it, Clint, we'll give you a – we got a, a T-shirt to give you, a Tales from the Road T-shirt. That's your, uh, that's your gift. <laughs> that's, and, and that's your payment. I said we'd give you some, yeah. No, the check's in the mail, as we said earlier. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll be checking my mailbox every day, every day. <laughs> Clint, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. All right. And good luck. Keep helping people. It's awesome. All right, guys. Let's stay in touch. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Clint. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, coming out of that interview, that was a lot of fun to listen to, wasn't it, guys? It was indeed. And we are, in the future, going to have on, is the word collaborators or peers yeah. of Clint's, who are very much aware of his colorful antics. And want to rebuke some of his versions of his stories and add some of their own flair yeah i think that's it i wouldn't have said rebuke i would have said repuke but <laughs> we got lots of links on our website facebook twitter instagram youtube etc share 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 and speaking of sharing we can't say enough we want your fucking stories and we only want the best of the best our listeners deserve that and they should be true don't make up stories now we understand that you probably have a story in your back pocket from 10, 20 years ago, and you've told it a thousand times, and each time you tell it, it might get 1% or 2% better. And now after a decade or two of telling it, now it's, how do we say it, loosely based on a true story. Um, that is fine. Great. Yeah, don't let facts get in yeah, the way okay. of a good story. Yes, thank you. Right. Yeah. Embellishment yeah. is good. Yeah, we like to be genuine. So if you have an epic tale that your friends love hearing every time beer comes out in the locker room, don't be a selfish asshole. Share that shit with the world. We don't want that stuff to be forgotten. You have a great story. Let's immortalize it forever on our website and our podcast. That's a scary thought. So that means Dave's story is going to be immortalized? That's scary. You can email us a brief description of your story from our website, or better yet, hit the speak pipe 
app link on our website. It's a quick free app download and you can just record, I think up to three to five minutes of your story. Once you hit complete, it gets automatically emailed to us and then we can listen to it. If we like what we hear wow. or read, we'll get you on as guests on our show. So you're thinking, this surely is going to be immediate grounds for divorce if I tell the story in the line. Like we said before, no worries. We'll use an alias and your 401k will be safe. And if we use your story in your show, we'll send you to one of our great Tales from the Road t-shirts. You can listen to all this on our podcast on iTunes, Podbeam, YouTube, etc. with links on our website, talesfromtheroadpodcast.com. We created a most kick-ass unique listening experience you can imagine. We would love you to subscribe as a Tales from the Road regular because you love this crazy shit. You can get free stuff from us, sneak peeks on upcoming big interviews with big name guests, and lots of different reasons. So please subscribe and share and share and share. And to be honest, we would love to do nothing but this for a living and bring the show to you more often. So, if you like what you hear, you can support us in a number of win-win ways. You can check out our awesome merch store. We got great t-shirts and gifts for the entire family that will leave nobody disappointed on Christmas morning. No. Right? No. We also have an Amazon.com link where you can connect to Amazon.com and buy your whatever sex toys and Sparky's situation or whatever your waffle iron a waffle iron <laughs> you can just buy them at the same time and you, you pay the same price as you always would but Tales from the Road podcast gets a couple of percents of your sale and it's a little thank you stroke from Amazon.com and it's easy and it's no additional cost to you beautiful so that's about it if you want to know more about us just go to the website check us out and definitely join us next time from Tales from the Road Tales from the Road Tales from the Road